Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and today I am super excited to be introducing you to Angie Toido. Angie is a therapist, healer, yoga teacher, doula, beekeeper, and priestess with over 17 years of healing experience. She blends together the combination of practical and grounded experiences in the working world, together with the magical liminal life of living as a priestess. Angie is trained in many different healing lineages, Grail Mystery School, Celtic Priestess of Rhiannon, and Dragon Lineages, and is now reclaiming goddess healing and priestessing practices. She's the founder of the Priestess Healer Course, and has developed the shamanic womb massage and womb healing tuning folks courses for therapists as a continuous personal development training. And on a more personal note, Angie is one of my womb awakening teachers and mentors, and I had the privilege of participating in her womb awakening teacher training in the magical lands of Exmoor in the UK in 2018. And her guidance and her support have been instrumental on my own path as I continue to reclaim the power of my womb and my sacred feminine power. So welcome, Angie. Thank you so much, Emmy. That was a really beautiful introduction. Sure. I'm so glad that uh, you are here with me today. Um, I gave a brief introduction about you just now, but would you mind telling us a little bit more about your journey and how you found yourself to be where you are now? <laughs> Oh, how long have we got? It's a, <laughs> it's a lifetime path of of healing, really. Mm. My, um, to where I am now um, really goes back to my um, the birth of both my daughters, and after the birth of the second daughter, um, after a lot of pain and discomfort, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which, for mm. those of you who may not know, is is a womb disease. It's an autoimmune disease where the body um, sheds clots and these little clots migrate around the body and each month um, react to hormones and they swell and bleed and cause a huge amount of pain. So um, at the age of 32, I was given the medical option of a complete hysterectomy, ovaries, tubes, womb, everything out. And I just knew there was this, this inner voice, no, screaming at me, no, don't let them do it. So I didn't have the surgery and that really made me start my own womb awakening journey. Mm. And back, back 20 odd years ago, um, it was aromatherapy, acupuncture and yoga they, uh, and Chinese herbs. They were probably the four things that really I worked on myself for self-care. But the biggest thing was actually looking at my, um, my work. Um, I was in a very high pressured civil service job that was shift work. Mm. Um, and my husband and I, we were like passing ships in the night. The children were dropped off at childminders and nursery schools. So it was a full on pressurized life it was a bit like a living in a pressure cooker or a volcano something had to go mm. and it was my health you know my womb my womb uh, health stopped me mm. so um 
I resigned. I resigned from this, this career job. My parents were aghast, you know, what about your mm-hmm. pension? What about everything you've worked for? Mm-hmm. But I knew, I really knew deep down I had to change. Something had to change. Um, and it was, I, I love Divine Mother's timing. You know, the universe conspires with us to make things happen. And I was actually at a yoga class and the woman next to me, you know, said, um, I'm emigrating to New Zealand. <laughs> um, do you know anyone who wants to buy a therapy business? Yeah. Um, and by that time, I'd actually retrained. I'd gone to night school um, and retrained as a therapist. And literally within a week, um, I'd gone to see the premises. And yeah, I bought the business off of her. So that was, that was a big step, um, just falling in my lap, um, an opportunity. Um, and I worked really happily as a therapist one-to-one for a couple of years. And I, then I'm a real people person. It was, it's quite a lonely life being a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I actually retrained as a yoga teacher. And that was my anchor, actually having that practice, that meditation to stay grounded in my body and over my life you know now I've gone through you know my pregnancies postnatal children growing up um, and all through my life those life transitions yoga has been my anchor and now I'm, I'm through my menopause now I'm 54 I think you forget the numbers as you get older. It's, you know, I'm in my <laughs> so I've completely gone through my menopause. And again, um, my womb's still here. She's still guiding me. But, you know, I flow now with um, the lunar rhythms. So I follow the moon cycles because obviously my own womb is not bleeding anymore. So it's still majorly important to me, the rhythm of life, my energy and my aligned energy. And I'm so delighted that I've kept my womb and to show other women that you don't, you know, there are choices out there. Um, And the womb awakening path, working with womb practices, womb healing, um, is what I now take out and share with other women because I'm so passionate about it because it's my lived experience. Um, Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably about your own experience. And I love how you just so strongly listen to your inner guidance, your inner voice, your womb winks in many ways and uh, chose um, not to have your womb removed at that point. Because Mm. I would imagine there's a lot of women out there who, who have endometriosis and end up going the surgery route because they are convinced by their doctors to do so. So it's a very brave position to take. (coughs) I also think it's um, maybe women don't realize they do have choices. Mm -hmm. They think there is only the medical route. And yes, you can work along both. It's really important to have a diagnosis of whatever wound disease you have Mm -hmm. and not be blinkered and just think, oh, yes, herbs are going to work or just doing yoga is going to help. I think it is this multifaceted approach um, and every woman is so unique. That's mm-hmm. that's what I love about the womb healing work I do one-to-one. Every woman is so unique and different. There is no one treatment fits all. It, it's bespoke, it's personalized because we are such unique beings with such unique experiences that we bring through 
in this lifetime to heal. Um, and working with women, I really find that the, the sort of clients that come to me are, are women who hold the trauma, the womb trauma, mm-hmm. whether that's in this lifetime. You know, they may have had C-section, abortion, rape, abuse, any of those in this mm-hmm. lifetime, which can be healed and looked at. Or it may come through their mother line. You know, we call it the red thread back through time. You know, their their mother's womb, their grandmother's womb. And, you know, without sounding wacky, science is catching up with us now. The mm-hmm. whole epigenetics of this, this, this cellular memory is yeah. being acknowledged finally. You know, the wise women, the witches have, have always <laughs> known this. The priestesses have always known this. But now, you know, science is saying, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> as though it's something new, but it's not new. It's eons old. We carry the memories in our scars. And right. a lot of us are the ones to change those patterns and heal. Indeed. Um, yes. And it's so, so beautiful how this work can span across lineages and generations. And even what I find in my own work is the collective experiences of women throughout mm. time that also can leave cellular imprints in our bodies and our DNA. Yeah. And I'm laughing because um, obviously my womb is now healed and mm-hmm. my, my mother line I've done a lot of work on, um, my priestess lineages I've done a lot of work on. You know, I will still get womb cramps. I will still get um, awareness in my womb that something is out of kilt. Mm. And this is the collective. So there's always so much work to do, so much to open to and to heal. So we never stop healing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I have chills when you say that. Yep. (laughs) Even when our own personal physical disease is healed, then you know my womb and awareness is in service to 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 the collective to the greater consciousness of the world Mm. and there's a huge tipping point you know i can really feel how many women now um the women who i train the younger women in their 20s and 30s are now out there doing this womb healing work and it ripples they're then healing taking the work out to other women and it just grows and grows and grows and I just dream of this day of when women have their babies in a womb that doesn't hold any trauma. Yeah. You know, to actually be birthed from a a clear space. You know, the children from those wombs, what crystalline, magical, not saying the children now aren't, but, you know, the purity of, of this next generation more next generation it might take seven generations who knows but Mm. that vision and that knowing the time will come and then then peace (laughs) peace within this world yeah Yeah. ah absolutely what a beautiful vision to to hold on to and and work towards that is stunning i truly believe it i'm just you know i'm welling up my tears i'm sitting here with my eyes closed just visualizing this and knowing that this time will come yeah that faith and that hope that there's oh there's so much in the world you know we all know that what's going on and can feel that um but to have hope and to have mm-hmm. hope hope and faith and not fall into that vortex of despair of you know it's the end of the world why do we bother you know that whole mm-hmm. black vortex that can 
suck many sensitives and empaths down. Yeah. But feeling there is there is a bigger picture to all of this that we may not have the whole jigsaw puzzle of it, but to, to keep anchored. That's that's what I really have to do, to keep anchored. Absolutely. That resonates very strongly for me as well. And really the realization that all of us have so much to give and all of us have so much power within ourselves when we only just step into that place of power and start to act from that knowing, that deep inner knowing that we can change things. We can. And I think that I, I'm, I'm experiencing myself a whole new level of teachings and learnings on um, working with a beautiful sister called Lynn Sedgemore. She teaches a luminary leadership training. Mm. Now, this is this has really shown me even more um, the shadows of my leadership mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the woundings that I've had about speaking truth to power. This is really up at the moment. Um, yeah. women and men how are we able to actually speak our truth to people in authority in positions of power whether that's our partner you know our family dynamics or who we work with on on the greater scale you know politics and bigger organizations how can we we speak our truth from our womb and heart without being triggered you know mm -hmm. over emotional to be centered and clear and calm, to really speak our truth to these people in authority and assumed power or inherited power or just positions of power. It's that word power mm -hmm. that I really, really struggled with when I first dived into all this new teachings and my relationship to power. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's another whole cauldron in here <laughs> oh, absolutely and i mean that leads leads us perfectly to my next question um which is quite a multi-layered one what does sacred feminine power mean to you in the context that you've spoken about mm, well, sacred feminine power to me is when a woman is her authentic self mm. so no no fakeness no instagram i'm out here look at me i'm you know, I'm beautiful. This is the image that society wants. So I'm, I'm making myself fit what is acceptable and, you know, desired really. So being authentic, no masks, being vulnerable, mm. <laughs> you know, opening up to, to the truth of what my heart and womb is feeling um, and not in denial about my own feelings and being really comfortable in sharing that but then also being able to come back, <laughs> come back to my center quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so sacred feminine. Also, there is um, the inner knowing, the gnosis, the trust to mm -hmm. whoever or whatever you call the divine. It might be one particular God or goddess. It might be just the divine feminine or the divine masculine, whoever, whatever the label is having that complete trust and knowing as a guidance and an anchor too. Um, so for me, that divine feminine power is actually a soft power. Yeah. It's not a shouting from the rooftops or from your Facebook page or from your Instagram account. It is in every, everyone you meet, everyone you deal with, there is this 
priestess presence in in your energy in your way of being with everyone it's it's not something you turn on and off like a tap mm. you don't just go on a retreat and um, deliver a particular training it's a, a lived path it mm. is in everything i i do and others do um it's the path of beauty the path of love um and in that place of love we can still speak our truth mm. Mm, from that place and love as many people have said really is the foundation of power on so many levels so when what you do is based on love yeah that's mm. <laughs> that's when the real shifts and changes really mm. start to happen so the mirror for me, um, and going slightly off tangent, the mirror for me is um, the way the bees work. And, uh. you know, I, I am, uh, my journey with the bees has been over sort of, again, 15 years. When it really first started coming out about um, in the press, how the bees were dying out. So as a woman of action, I sort of took note of, what was coming into my awareness back then and a local a local farmer's wife was selling her bees in a local advert and I bought them off of her and over those next few years I went from having a couple of hives to 10 hives so nearly you know practically commercial beekeeping and when I moved to Avalon I didn't have the bees and started communicating with them on the psychic level mm watching their flight paths. You know, I'd be sitting in a cafe and all of a sudden I could see this golden threads of where the bees were flying around me. So it was slipping into their dimension. Mm -hmm. And I spent a whole two years actually of really communicating with the bees. And that's where the Bee Oracle deck, as you know, came from. Oh, yeah. So this is channeled messages of the bee. So going back to um, power, and the path of love, the bees actually serve a path of love in their devotion to the, to the consciousness of the whole hive. Mm. And uh, obviously the way that whole hives work, I could talk for hours. <laughs> but there's one, there's one queen bee in the hive and she is actually in service to the hive. It's not the other way around. They, they are not there bowing and falling to serve the queen. Mm. So there's really something there as humans we can learn what is our service to and how do we serve but also um, there's something about sacrifice um, and a lot of women I see feel that though they have to sacrifice themselves for the sake of their family the sake of their community or job so by sacrifice I don't mean killing themselves I mean just working themselves to a complete burnout and I truly believe we're not here to do that. Yeah. So it's looking at how we serve, how we, how we support ourselves. So I weave all that into um, my awareness, the message of the bees, the message of my womb and my gnosis and my, my, my plea, my, my prayer for all men and women is, you know, to look at those areas in your life, you know, where where do you serve where do you have power how do you use use that power um and are you authentic <laughs> and honorable honorable what you what you say is what you do there's not a discourse 
in um, how you lead your life in, in truth. You know, are you truthful? Are you honourable? Do you do the right thing? Yeah. Mm, beautiful. So that notion of leading um, by example and walking your talk sounds like a really huge central thread in everything that you do. It is. It is because I, I have obviously seen others who don't. Mm. And um, I know my own mentors you know, have seen others who don't. And what do we do with that? Do we call other men and women out if they're not being authentic and truthful? Or do we trust? <laughs> do we trust that the divine God, Goddess, has a greater plan? And who am I to control and, and point out to other people their, their way of being? Um, so that's where I am now. That's where I am now. Um, in a lot of this womb work, there's a lot of plagiarism. There's a lot of taking the work out and copying. In the whole priestess world, there is too. So, yeah, that's my my way of being with it. It's it's part of the light and dark, part of the shadow. Mm. It's there. It's yeah, there. absolutely. And I mean, as you so beautifully said, you know, who are we to know what is happening on the larger scale and what, what the bigger schemes and the plans are? And even those people who seem to be walking I don't really like to use the word dark so much because there's so many facets to that word as well. And the, the womb itself is a beautiful, velvety, dark space. And there's so much beauty in darkness as well. But certainly we are seeing on a global scale, certain individuals, certain people really showing to us the shadow side. Mm. And who knows, perhaps they're showing us that shadow side consciously or not consciously because we are meant to learn from that because they're playing a part in the bigger picture mm. and perhaps waking us up on many levels as well. Yeah, it's just energy in a different place. Mm. I, I love the analogy of, um, you know, weeds growing in the garden mm -hmm. and some people obviously pull them up and get rid of them. But actually weeds are just flowers in a, in a different place. Yeah. And, yeah, and that really reminds me also of, of the rose and how the thorns are on the, on the stem of the rose, not to be broken off or to be discarded, but to remind us that there is work to be done and those shadow sides exist in all of us and they are there to, for us to learn from, isn't it? They are, and to embrace them, to actually yes. bring the shadows in, not cast them out and you know, lock them up in a prison. It's actually, yeah, what are you showing me? What are you showing mm. the world? What have we got to learn from this? How can we actually help each other? Yeah, beautiful. With love, with love, you know. We, it's, I think it's really the, the woundings. We're, we're all obviously the wounded healers and we all get triggered. We all get triggered by different things, but it's how we react when we're triggered um, or whether we can actually take the time to step back and not respond from a triggered place, especially in the world of social media now, Facebook, yeah. everything is so instant. Um, and it's very easy to vent and react on Facebook and other social media platforms. But is that what we're really here to do? Would you speak to someone like that face to face? So there is really something there about the gift of technology, but also bringing our awareness back to how we actually do communicate 
Beautiful. I, I love that. Now, um, you've already touched and talked a little bit about um, warm awakening as a concept um, already. But would you mind just going in a little bit deeper in terms of what does a warm awakening mean for you and how do you integrate that into your life? Mm. So womb awakening uh, to me years ago, my womb was just a place of place of pain. My womb mm-hmm. wasn't awakening. It was just something that really interfered with my life <laughs> every yeah. month. Um, and it wasn't until I started um, listening to that pain, actually not push medicating it and pushing it away listening to what my body, what were the messages of my body, the messages of my womb, the messages of of these clots, these endometrium. And it was life-changing to actually welcome that in, welcome that um, message of the womb. And to be able to drop into that place, you know, I was really lucky to have the background of yoga and meditation, but there are lots of womb awakening practices that I thank the fountain of life for and other teachers emotional release techniques Um, I'm so grateful for those who've gone before and are willing to share so those particular many different practices um, shamanic journeys and obviously the one-to-one healings I've been lucky enough to receive myself it's more and more coming back to staying in the body staying in the body and feeling and I think the womb awakening really dropped in when I actually realized there's an energetic to the womb mm-hmm. the womb is like a powerpoint a chakra in herself and then obviously from a yoga background know, knowing and working with the chakras thinking, why is the womb missed why was she jumped over and actually that yoga brought over from the east to the west was a really patriarchal system yeah the power the power of the womb was this done consciously you know was it she consciously left out because it's too dangerous too much and you know my own belief and the mothers may disagree is yes because actually you know women in her flow woman in her flow in her full power in her blood is, is, is a seer, is a witch, is a shaman, and the power that we can all um, access then can be really quite frightening for those around us mm. and frightening for ourselves, actually. So those womb awakening moments, the aha moments, is clearing and healing my own womb and being open to receive what then comes through. So it is actually a portal. Mm-hmm. the womb energy can become a portal um but it takes a lot of healing from what i was carrying to, to be able to get there um and to keep to keep that energy and awareness clear and working is is maintaining the practices still doing the practices still actually i'm a great fan of yoni steams i actually love the steaming and that is a core personal practice for me to be able to release anything uh, etheric um, and with sound as I'm steaming. That's hugely cleansing. So, yeah, the womb awakening path um, continues, actually. 
more and more and with it, Mother Earth actually in so much pain herself to be able to connect down rather than just up. A lot of the traditions teach us to come out of the body and go up to the higher realms. But actually the womb awakening path is to descend, mm -hmm. energetically descend and obviously physically descend into our own stuff, into our, what our own womb and chalice of power is holding. So we're not escaping. We are fully embodied in this path. And that's, that is such a um, beautiful path to be on because that's how I am able to be um, fully present in it because it, I'm in my body. I'm in my body. I'm on my path, just walking down the street, just walking around the woods, walking on the land. I don't have to sit and meditate to be on that path. It's here now. Just talking to you, it's here now. Mm. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And really the concept of our wombs being portals, portals into our own innate power and portals into other dimensions and holding so much healing for us that has mm. been, I think, untapped for hundreds, if not thousands of years because of, because of the patriarchal context that we've been living in. Mm. It is just how so wonderful that it's being reclaimed now by so many women and, and so many men as well, willing to work, work, walk this path, which, as you say, can be quite frightening because of the, the, the level of the power that it can hold for us. Yeah, I'm really blessed, obviously, to be married to my husband, Rod, for 30-odd yeah. years. You know, we, we've gone through so much together. And, um, you know, he, we have the expression grey all night. He completely supports me in all my work. Um, everything I do, we run retreats together and it is so important for, for women to have their safe spaces to do their healing. But actually once the, the initial healing has been embarked on to sit together in circle with men and to see their vulnerability and to have so much healing with a man in a group of women, the mm -hmm. safe man, you know, what has had so much beautiful feedback from uh, retreat participants where you know I can trust men again your presence here was so healing thank you so that's really where we weave our magic is not just the the healing of women's wombs as you say the healing of men and their horrors their their energy field their power center which is different to women's mm. and they you know men carry so many woundings too and we can heal together. We can heal together. Um, mm. Yeah, and it, it really comes down to that balancing of the masculine and the feminine energies internally within ourselves, but then, of course, in our relationships outside of ourselves as well. <clears throat> and I certainly um, benefited hugely um, from Rod's presence in the teacher training that I attended mm -hmm. in, in Exmoor. And it was a very healing experience, you know, just to witness the two of you work together so beautifully and weave your wisdom and your mm -hmm. skills and, and your knowledge together in, in such a harmonious way. And yes, yeah. absolutely. And, and I remember being very touched by the presence of the two of you and having Rod there for me really meant being able to be safe in the presence of the masculine 
in such a deep, in such a powerful way that I, I will forever be grateful for that. I really feel that there, there is something so magical in working together as a couple. Yeah. It, it really doesn't matter what you say. It is this energetic transmission of being in sacred union. And mm. when you know each other so well, um, there is definitely an energy field that you, that is different from when you're, when you're apart and you come together. It's in that coming together in that union that others obviously can see how you interact physically, but there is definitely an energetic pod field that can radiate out and show those who maybe, maybe are seeking and looking for that relationship outside. It has to be healed inside first. Mm. And I truly think that's probably why there, there are a lot of facilitators out there who maybe aren't ready to have men sit in circle with them, probably because they haven't healed their own wounds yet. Mm -hmm. So this work is so important to get over that through that phase of, um, yes, there are places for women only, but actually let's move, let's, let's evolve, let's step through our own personal woundings and fears to sit with men and women together. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I do realize that in my own work, which currently does focus more on women than it does men, and specifically for that reason, I, I know that I still carry wounding around the masculine and being able to truly work from an authentic space with, with men present. But I'm also feeling a huge stirring and a huge shifting in my own presence, um, wanting to go into that space, wanting to step into that space. So very consciously at the moment, working on my own masculine and feminine energies and doing work on healing the, the wounds that I carry still. Yeah, and we're never taught this. We're never taught um, <clears throat> group facilitation, group group dynamics. It's it's a learning on the job experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And not everyone, um, well, to to deal with um, situations that might be difficult or triggering, or as the facilitator in a group, you're holding the the group field, the group container, and if there are obviously there are wobbles and things come up. It's having that, that trust and gnosis that this is a teaching complete mm-hmm. for anybody in the room. Mm-hmm. So it is such a rich weave. Yeah. You know, I, I love working with groups, all sorts of groups, mm-hmm. um, because I learn so much about myself from them. Yeah, um, absolutely. They don't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I, should be, I should be paying them for coming. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know that is so true. And um, I mean, every single moment in our lives is such a beautiful opportunity for growth, for shifting and for healing. And <laughs> when you consciously are in that space, when you are able to see those opportunities arise in front of you, then I think you are really stepping into your power, that luminary leadership that you talked about. Mm. And wouldn't it be amazing to actually hold that vision of leaders, well, well, the word leader can trigger some people, but just, just whether in your own family, in your own communities, in your own work, to be able to change the way of working to work more 
with consensus and co cooperation, collaboration, like you and I are now. Mm. You know, complete equals just sitting here talking and everyone, everyone having a voice, mm. everyone being heard. Um, yeah, not just yeah. the one who shouts loudest yeah. or, or preordained agendas. Mm. Or decisions already made, so it's it's a smoke and mirrors thing. Mm. The, yeah. the beauty of working together and everyone, like the hive, it just goes back to the hive. Yes, again. that's Those, right. The, the honeyed love, you know, and yeah, we we've the, the expression, or we've you know, the human race has fallen from grace. You know, to go back to those times of grace. Mm compassion grace the, the feminine way in in so many levels absolutely now angie just one one final question for you as as we need to start wrapping up for today but would you mind sharing with us what is the biggest lesson you've learned on your journey that you'd like to share Woo. <laughs> <laughs> And you've already given us quite a few, but if there's something that really just jumps out and yeah. is wanting you know, to be heard from your warm space. Yeah, the, big, the biggest lesson I've learned is actually from my own family, my own close family, my, my, my mother, my father, my sisters. Um, so throughout, throughout my life, it's been such a joke that I'm the second, the second daughter of three daughters. So I'm the number two. And I can always remember my mum, even now occasionally she'll say, you know, I, I'm the, the green eye monster, the piggy in the middle, which made me feel the, the black sheep of the family. So always slightly different, slightly, why am I in this family? Why am I here? And that was really painful, you know, through the teenage years, you know, not being understood and, or obviously my parents did their, their best and everything. I loved them dearly, but that whole thing of they don't understand me, they don't get me. And I see so many others feeling this, seeking, you know, I've been a seeker, seeker of the truth all my life. Um, and wouldn't it in a way be so much easier not to be a seeker, to just completely agnostic, the here and now, you live, you die go shopping you eat <laughs> <laughs> yay it <laughs> may be so boring um so yeah that i think that has been the, the biggest learning of actual accepting my family for who they are and not judging them and in that there's a sort of freedom mm. i am and not really worry about what they think about me Mm -hmm. um, so if they do still judge me which they do that's okay because I've actually I'm much stronger in my core now you know as, as a as a queen you know on the archetypes I'm in in the realm of queen mm -hmm. sovereign of, of what I really believe in and the truth of what I believe in it doesn't wobble me so much so I still I still get upset of course I do you know, my little little child does get triggered by family dynamics if I get left out. Mm. And I do still get left out of things or pushed away. Um, but that's patterns within families, family dynamics. Yeah. Mm. 
Beautiful. We could go into that for another two <laughs> hours, I think, and get some more of your wisdom and insights. Uh, but I think we can do that in another conversation because I would love to learn more from that um, angle as it's well. It's so interesting because there's a slight fear. Or oh, what if my mum and dad listen to that? <laughs> I actually speak my truth to their power <laughs> or their vulnerability yeah. now in their 80s. You know, how would they feel if they really heard how I felt mm. because they never truly have. I've never truly voiced it. Ah, maybe there's a healing opportunity for all of you there. Totally, totally. Before it's too late. Yeah. yeah. And the beautiful thing, of course, is that even if it felt too late within the earthly realms, there's so much we can still do even beyond death and in the energetic realms mm. to heal patterns, to heal beliefs and to heal wounding. Mm. So in Absolutely. that sense, it's never really too late, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need my big girl knickers on, though, to do it. In the <laughs> yeah. And oh, I will. What a beautiful way to step into your power there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like See, this is the beautiful thing about connecting with, with like-minded souls on similar paths. You, you know, I've received so much by just talking to you, so thank you. Mm, thank you, Angie. Thank you so much for your time and your, the wisdom that you've shared with us in a, in a short time. Um, I've received so much from you energetically and just through your words that ah, I, I'm feeling energized and <laughs> ready to walk my path again as well. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Angie, for being here. And thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for being there and thank you for taking in what we've been talking about today. Blessed be, darling. Blessed be. And bye for now. Bye for now.